Hello, and welcome to episode two of Swiped. In this week's episode, I sit down with my friend Danielle and talk about how she met her boyfriend on Tinder. However, there's one small complication, and you'll have to listen to find out what it is. If you like what you're hearing, subscribe on iTunes and give me a five-star review. If you hate it, give me a one-star review and never talk to me again. Let's get right into it. Yeah, that's that's a new one. I haven't seen anyone play with the shark yet. <laughs> but so I totally want you to be like one of the first people that I talked to when I did this because like this was months ago now. Yeah, we were talking yeah, about this I mean, for a while. Like so I'm I was so pumped because I really still I, I you said You know nothing. Yeah, I said don't tell me anything yeah. about this situation until we actually sit down and podcast. So I just thought it would be perfect because it's such a unique situation and it's such like a modern dating situation too, but just like, it's, yeah, Yeah. it's It's so weird. Yeah. It's technology, everything. So what are we talking about? Oh, are we on right now? Yeah. 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 It's like running. (laughs) Yeah. Isn't that so cool? Yeah. Well, we're, uh, should I give like code names here or do what do what you want to do no we don't need code go go as coded as you like i can be honest so my name is because i will too oh you you don't yeah you don't have to totally out everything about yourself oh no i won't i'll just like like, i'll at least say names because i'll make it easier for people to like hold on to the story so um if you want you could start by uh just uh stating your social security number okay um address my address mother's birth date ma- yeah, mother's maiden main name, name probably middle name too yeah just to be safe. um then your first elementary school yeah or your third grade teacher or something like that so i okay. think that's a good place to start. okay yeah that's a good place to start yes. so uh four eight i mean just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so my name is danielle and i'm going to tell you the tale of uh, meeting the guy that I'm currently dating named Greg. So, I mean, how you guys meet, which is one of the most interesting aspects of the story, and I'll tell you yeah. my involvement as soon as you tell me how you guys met. Okay, so we met on Tinder, and I guess you should know that I'm I'm not, like, really a huge Tinder user. Like, I don't even have Tinder anymore. Like, I, whenever I'm not in a relationship, I tend to download it, and then I'll use it for, like, a couple weeks and then I'll stop looking at it, and then, like, months will go by, and I realize, oh, shit, I still have a Tinder. I should delete that. And then I delete it. And, like, I, that all, that's always what happens. So this was actually only the second time I've ever downloaded Tinder on my phone in my life. Wow. So um, I downloaded it and started swiping and stuff, and I, I'm, very, I'm very discerning when it comes to Tinder and... And, like, the respect that I will, like, once I find someone that I think, like, seems remotely interesting, then I Google them <laughs> and try to see if they're, like, normal or, like, at least as, like, normal as I am. And, like, if we have mutual friends or mutual interests and things like that. And only if and when I think that they are totally cool and worthy of hanging out with me 
and that I think they'll actually perhaps think that I am like interesting and cute, then I'll swipe right on them. Otherwise, I swipe left on everyone. So you guys met on Tinder. Yeah. Who Tinder. sent the first message? Well, okay. So this happened on April twenty fourth. Wow. We're getting very detailed here. <laughs> the only reason I remember is because I was actually hanging out with my my friend Adam that night because we were going to the Deer Hunter show at the Ready Room, and I had gotten a Facebook invite to go to this show at Foam for this band that was in from DC, and then a couple of my friends' bands. And I was going to go to that, but then I was like, wait, it's Deer Hunter. I'd rather go to Deer Hunter. So I went to Deer Hunter, and I was, like, kind of bored because I'm not super into Deer Hunter. And I ran into my coworker, Liz, and her boyfriend, well, not fiancé. So I was, like, hanging out and, like, drinking whiskey with them. And then I was, like, at one point I just kind of, like, found myself alone at the show because I was kind of avoiding Adam and everyone else that was there. So I was like, let's fire up Tinder because I'm, like, outside smoking a cigarette, just trying to pass the time. So I fire up Tinder. Starts, you know, starts swiping. And I come across this guy. And the only reason I swiped right on him is because I thought he was really cute and, like, seemed really interesting. And, like, his description talked about how he was into music and worked at a museum, which I also work at a museum. So I'm like, oh, that's crazy. We already have so much in common. We're both musicians and both work at a museum. And his picture was just, like, him with a vacuum cleaner. And I thought it was, like, <laughs> just the funniest shit I've ever seen. Because, <laughs> like, <laughs> Who just like posts a picture with a vacuum cleaner? Because yeah. most guys are like, here's me running, you know, the big mutter, or here I'm fishing, look at me with my fish, or I'm hiking this mountain. Yes. But no, I bathroom selfie. Yeah, bathroom selfie. Yes. He's like, no, I'm I'm here's me with my vacuum cleaner. Like, this guy seems awesome. So I swiped and it was a match, of course. So I uh messaged him first. I was like, so museums. What what do you do at, at a museum? And he messaged me back like fairly immediately and um, said that he worked in PR at a museum. And then he quickly followed up with, but by the way, I don't live in St. Louis. I live in DC. The only reason I'm here is because I'm on tour right now with my band and I'm playing a show in St. Louis tonight. So I kind of find out the show at Foam that I was going to go to was the show that he was playing at. He was the band from DC that was playing. So I was like, oh, that's crazy, because I, like, I was going to go to that show. So we started talking about music, and he he was actually in the process of doing a um, like cross-country tour, because he was moving his friend to California, and um, I'm, not, I'm not actually quite sure why his friend was moving to California, but, um, but they were driving across the states, so he, I guess he was kind of like using it as an opportunity to help them move, but also like to go on this like tour. So... Uh, you know, St. Louis was their, like, halfway-ish point, I suppose. So, uh, you know, this was April 24th. He was going to be back in D.C. by, like, May 7th. So we started talking every day, all day, from that day on until now, basically. So, uh, you know, he would send me his updates for his tour and, like, what he was doing, and I would send him my updates. And then eventually I added him on Facebook and then found out that we had like several mutual friends and they were all like music related friends. So, um, that was like kind of cool. Cause like, I know a couple of people in DC that he knows and he knows a bunch, bunch of people in St. Louis that I know. So it was nice to like have that common ground to like know that like, okay, this guy must not be a serial killer. <laughs> if like we both know this person who's very cool. So that like, that made me like more comfortable about like having this like kind of random, bizarre conversation with uh, someone that I obviously don't know. So uh, once 
I, I sent him a friend request on Facebook. We started Facebook messaging. And we started Facebook messaging the on my friend Elise's birthday. It was like May 12th or something. Um, because I was hanging out with Elise and we were we were eating dinner at um, Lona's Little Eats. And then we were going to go to Venice Cafe for some drinks. And so he accepted my friend request and like sent me a message. He's like, oh, hey, we're moving to Facebook Messenger now. And I was like, yep, it's way easier than Tinder because I never look at Tinder if only to see your messages. So uh, we started talking there and, you know, I'm drinking. So, of course, things progress and we started talking about other things. And that's when the conversation started turning more like romantic as opposed to like just friendly in general. And after like weeks and weeks of talking, I was finally just like, you know what? Fuck it. I want to come see you. Like, can we hang out? Because I really want to hang out with you. Like, I will, I'm going to buy a plane ticket and come to DC and like visit you. And so we started talking about dates and he was like, well, I want to come to St. Louis as well. So he ended up booking a plane flight to come to St. Louis June 17th. And that was the day that we actually ran into you. So, yeah. So here's where I come into the story because I was so excited because you told me about this whole thing, like, as it was happening. So I was getting, like, real-time updates. And I remember uh, the one you're waiting for him at the airport. Yeah. Uh, you were on Snapchat. And I, like, messaged you because you, like, snapped a picture of you and like, the cell phone lot. And I was nervous. I, like, opened the <laughs> chat, and I was, like, super nervous for you. But then I said, I'm not going to ask you anything, anything. Yeah. about this until we actually, like, sit down and talk about it on microphone. So the next day, I ran into t- the, the two of you at Target, and the plan was foiled because I saw you guys <laughs> in public, and I was like, are you fucking serious? That was, like, you were the funniest person <laughs> to possibly run to at that point like, in time no! after that. <laughs> So, so like when you were sitting at the airport, I mean, like, what's going through your mind? Oh, like, my what? God. How's that even feel? It was so. I was so incredibly anxious. Cause, like, you know, we had talked on the phone before. We had like, we had Facetimed and stuff like that. So, like, I, I feel like I had been talking to him so. Cause I mean, I'm. I'm not just saying we talked a lot. Like, we talk a lot. We talk from the time we basically we wake up till the time we go to bed. Be it like G chat, Facebook messages, text messages, like whatever. So I feel like I already, like, knew him enough as a person that, like, I was more so just anxious about, like, let's finally meet. Because, like, I'm just so excited because I feel like I, like, have this, like, connection with you. And I'm just, like, can't wait to actually have the in-person connection. Like, it was, it was, like, just kind of stress relief to, like, know that the day was finally there. Like, you know, he's flying in today. I'm going to see him today. This is amazing. So all day I was just really excited and then when I got to the airport, that's when I started to get, like, so nervous I felt like I wanted to throw up. And, you know, picking people up from the airport is not easy-peasy. It's stressful because you can't, like, stop your car, really. There's nowhere to, like, pull over. You just have to, like, go, go, go. And if someone's never been to that airport before and they don't know where to go to be picked up, that's equally stressful. Mm-hmm. So once he actually, like, landed, um, he, like, called me. He's like, okay, I'm I'm outside. I was like, okay, I'm going to pull around. I'm in the cell phone lot. I'll be there in a couple seconds. So I come around, and as I'm driving down the street to like go to the terminal to pick him up, I can see him on the other side of the street. And I'm like, oh, fuck, he's in the wrong spot. So I call him, like, Greg, 
you need to like go across the street immediately. Like, see me? I'm in my black car. I'm over here. I'm waving. And he's like, oh yeah, I see you. I see you. So he jumps in. And when he jumps in, like there's a car behind me that's like honking and being super obnoxious. And so I start flipping them off. I'm like, fuck you. He's right here. Like he's almost <laughs> in the car. Give us a break. So he throws his bag in and I pull off. And then there's all this construction going on. I was trying to get back to the highway and took a wrong turn and got lost. And so I just want to like look at him and be able to talk to him. But I'm in such a stressful situation of, like, leaving the airport that, like, I can't. And I also had to go to the bathroom really, <laughs> really badly. So before he had even, like, gotten off the plane, I was texting him. And I was like, Greg, I have to go pee so bad. Like, we're going to have to go to the gas station ASAP because I'm going to pee my pants. Like, I'm not going to be able to make it back to my apartment. He's like, okay, yeah, that's fine. We can stop and, like, go somewhere. It's no big deal. And then once we got on the highway, then I just wanted to get to my apartment. I don't have to, like, make any more stops. So I was like, no, I can make it. I can make it. I was like, we're just going to go to my apartment. And we're going to do this. So we're driving, and we're, like, trying to have conversation. And I'm trying to keep my eyes on the road and not feel so awkward because I'm meeting this person for the first time. So, you know, 30-minute drive later, we finally get to my apartment. And it was just, like, such a, like, just sigh of relief. Like, okay we're here wow i picked him up and that's when like the more like anxiety starts thinking like wow okay this person who i don't know is staying with me the entire weekend fuck what what am i doing with my life right now (laughs) so i'm starting to get so terrified and so i like i bought a couple bottles of wine in preparation so we get inside and like i give him the tour of my apartment i'm like you know would you like to have a like a glass of wine we can go sit outside and just like just talk and like actually like hang out and like be near each other and not over a phone so uh we ended up drinking like an entire bottle of wine and just like talked for like several hours and that's kind of how we spent like our first day i guess just like just talking and like getting to like actually know one another yeah and i mean honestly from like the first like second that like i actually saw him like we started conversing i was like ah i'm doing this for like a good reason like i knew my heart was in the right place because like he and i have such a deep connection like we're so so similar but dissimilar in a lot of ways like we have a lot of common interests being in the same kind of employment field being at museums and doing pr and marketing sort of stuff and then also as musicians but we also listen to completely different music and some similar stuff and then we play completely different instruments so it's kind of nice that we're able to like commiserate about a lot of things that we have in common but then also like have things to like teach each other about non-commonalities mm-hmm. so that like has kept the conversation like never-endingly interesting in so many ways so um when he came to st louis he actually brought all of his recording equipment because i was going to record an oboe and banjo part in his new album so um when i ran into you at target that was actually because we were going to buy um an adapter for the microphone because he forgot his uh, microphone adapter, so we were trying to find one. So we ended up going to Target, and then we they didn't have it, so we drove all the way down to Guitar Center. And then we came back to my apartment, and that day we spent basically all day just, like, recording tracks for the record. How cool is that? Yeah, it was pretty neat. So when, you know, when the weekend was over, what was the conversation like at the... Do you guys have a talk before you got to the airport? Like, let's do this again, or was it like a... Um, well, actually, I had already bought my plane ticket to see him oh, before he left. So, so do you buy it while he was in town? I bought it before he even came to visit. So, what if what if his visit was a dud? Like, what? Well, what? we we did talk about that because we talked about if he came to St. Louis and we actually just hated each other. Like, what would he do? But he actually has cousins live in St. Louis, so 
and we had a barbecue with him on Sunday the weekend he came to visit. But our our plan initially was like, okay, if we just hate each other, like he can go stay with his cousin or like his friend Tiffany lives here. Or he like call Tiffany and be like, hey, can I crash on your couch? So like we figure like we could make it work. Um, and then I bought my plane ticket obviously before he came here. So my plan was like I have several friends who live in DC. So I was like, you know, if I don't like him, then I'll just, like, ask one of my friends if I can stay with them instead. And I'd still like to go to D.C. and, like, check out some museums and stuff. And my my best friend, Sapna, actually told me, she was like, okay, well, like, if you don't want to go alone, I'll buy a plane ticket to D.C. as well. And we'll just, go, like, go on a vacation together. So then you'll have me there. So I was like, okay, that, that will be, like, a nice way to, like, figure things out if we have to. Like, if it's not going to work. So, um... He he flew in on Friday morning and I don't know. Yeah, no, Friday afternoon. And his plane left on uh Monday morning. So it was just like a very quick weekend basically. Mm-hmm. So he didn't want to leave Sunday cuz we want to have like, you know, like last night to like kind of hang out together and stuff. So um we Sunday we went to his cousin's house for a barbecue and hung out there pretty much most of the day and then um came back and hung out for a bit and took some naps. And then we went to Treehouse for some vegan food. And then we came back and had more drinks. Then we fell asleep. And then our his plane flight was, like, in the morning. So I had to wake up at 4 a.m. to get him to the airport. And then I had a 5K at work the next day because it was our annual oh, yeah, for Art right. Museum. Yes. So yes. I was dead the next day. I was so unbelievably tired. More tired than I've ever been in my entire life. That, like, when I was actually dropping him off at the airport, I was so incredibly sad but I was so tired that I couldn't really comprehend my feelings because I was just, like, so tired. So I went to work all day, and then when I got home from work, I was so exhausted that I actually ended up calling in sick to work the next day because I was, like... I started to honestly feel like I was getting a little sick because I was so exhausted. And I just remember, like, just, like, crying, like, all night when I got home. I was like, I'm so sad he's gone. Like, I just... I like him so much, and I want more time with him. So then I started getting really excited about the fact that, like, I was going to be out there soon to visit him. So my trip... So he was here July... Or June 17th through Monday, like, the 19th or something. And then my plane flight was for July 14th. So we just had a, you know, little under a month, I guess, Mm -hmm. until I was going to be back out there. So we continued just our normal conversations via text message and Gmail chat and everything. And, uh, you know, we, I think we both felt the same and like, felt like we really hit it off and we had a lot of fun and he loves St. Louis and had so much fun visiting here and it's like, oh, I can't wait till you're here and we can go do all the DC stuff and it'll be amazing. And so we made all these plans of things to do in DC when I like was going to be in town. So the next few weeks was just like the buildup of like all the excitement of like getting to see each other again. And then, um, then I went out there. And I went there for five days, actually. I went from a Thursday to a Tuesday. So we had much more time to hang out. But I also had a job interview out there. Because my little backstory now, my dad used to live in Philadelphia. Um, He lived there for two years. um, Like, maybe about four years ago is when he first moved there. So I, um, I went to visit him. And I that's when I like first kind of fell in love with the East Coast. Because I've been born and raised in St. Louis, mm-hmm. like, have never lived anywhere else. So when I went to visit my dad in Philly, we would drive down to D.C. or, like, go to Baltimore and do stuff. And I just, like, really liked it out there. So I've been applying for jobs kind of lazily on and off for, like, the past year or so. But then after meeting Greg, I was like, wow, you know, actually, 
fuck this. Let's be crazy. Like, I I would totally live in D.C. D.C. is an amazing town. Or Baltimore, Philly, whatever. Like, I'll live in the East Coast. Like, all those places are awesome. So then I started applying more heavily for jobs. So then I actually had a phone interview, and then I got a call for an in-person interview. So um, my plane flight got in on Thursday and immediately went from the airport, basically, like, to my job interview and had this job interview for, like, a couple hours, and it was incredibly stressful. And fast forward, I didn't get the job. It's a bummer. But, oh, well, I've <laughs> been applying for many other things. But then we had the rest of the weekend to, like, just kind of hang out and, like, have fun. And I was kind of happy that I got the job interview done, like, in the beginning of the trip as opposed to, like, at the end of it or something. Yeah, just, like, weighing over you. Yeah. yeah. And he knew I was, like, super stressed about it. So he he Ubered and picked me up from the airport. And then we went to his house and, like, ordered takeout food on the way to his house to, like, be delivered. So then I, like, quickly changed my interview clothes and, like, ate this, like, sandwich in, like, five minutes. And then, like, Ubered back to the interview. So I was, like, feeling very, like, rushed the whole time. But um, but it was great. And then afterwards, he um, he just waited around outside for a couple hours until I was finished with my interview, which was, like, really sweet of him. He even went and bought me a pack of cigarettes and a lighter <laughs> and, like, met me outside. I was like, I bought you some smokes. <laughs> and he didn't know what I smoked. So he actually sent a message to my best friend, Sapna, who he's never met, and was like, Sapna, you don't know me, but... Um, I was wondering if you know what kind of cigarettes Danielle smokes because I want to buy her a pack because she's at her interview right now and she's going to be very stressed out and I promised her I would buy her some. So I thought that was like kind of like fucking adorable. Oh man. So yeah. I mean going straight for a best friend too. Yeah. I mean that is. Exactly. Like he. Explain it right. It's yeah. good that he knows who my best friend is. Yeah. Like because when he was in St. Louis he actually met several of my friends but um, Sapna, who is my best friend in the universe, she was out of town that weekend. So he did not get to meet her. And I was so bummed about it. But uh, he'll meet her eventually. So and then there good. you go. Yeah, he messaged her. So um, so the rest of the trip was good. And then... Yeah, the trip was amazing. So we, we did a lot of cultural things. Like um, the first night that I was there after my interview, we went to a gallery talk that uh, was like kind of like a panel discussion about um like south american immigrant artists living in dc and his friend carolina was on the panel so that's why i think he wanted to go because i think it's one of like his his, uh very close friends she and um her husband craig so we went there and then afterwards we had dinner and then just like kind of hung out and then on saturday we actually had to re-record the banjo and oboe parts that we had recorded previously because the tracks didn't just i wasn't happy with the oboe parts my oboe was one of my keys was broken when he was here. So I wanted to get it fixed and like redo the oboe part. And then, um, the banjo was slightly out of tune when we did it. So we had to redo the banjo part. So we spent Saturday doing that. And, uh, then we went to a concert at this place called the electric maid. And, um, he, he actually played with his band and opened up for this band that was from El Paso and so we, we watched that, and then after that concert, we went and got some Thai food, and then we went to go see Rakim play um, at the Howard Theater. Which I don't know if anyone's familiar with Rakim, but he's awesome. He was not, he was not with Eric B, but because um, yeah. they're not friends anymore, it was just Rakim. Rakim <laughs> ended up being like three hours late to his own concert. Didn't go on to like two thirty or so a.m. It was crazy. That's when I commented when you checked in on Facebook. Because yeah, I was like, oh, he's painful. So I'm like, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> he's, yeah. He was painful. Uh, it was so great. Yeah. So I, it, was, it was so much fun. But like, we, you know, 
ended up spending very overpriced prices on like Coronas and like we're probably like one of 20 white people there but it was so nice. much fucking fun and Rakim was amazing they were actually filming a documentary at the show about like um about Rakim I guess <laughs> so there was like camera crew there and he ended up playing this one song twice because they wanted like to record it again for the documentary oh, nice. so that was kind yeah. of funny and um one of his openers was uh the guy from uh, The Wire. What, what was his character's name? You, you remember Pooh from The Wire? I didn't watch it. You didn't watch The Wire? Well, yeah. So, for our listeners out there, <laughs> The Wire, um, there's this character in multiple seasons, but, like, season one is, like, one that he's mainly on. It's a group of the the teenagers that were, like, in high school that were selling drugs out of the, um, kind of, like, the apartment complex-ish area that the drug dealers were operating out of. And um, he's one of Wallace's best friends, but he's a hip hop artist now. And he actually opened for Rock Kim, and it was awesome because they were like, "Oh, and now the guy from The Wire, known as like Tracy." So like he comes out, and I was like, "What?" Because I love The Wire. Greg does not watch The Wire; he's never seen it before. But I was like, "Oh my god, it's the guy from The Wire! Holy shit!" He's like, "Oh, is it? I've never seen it." I'm like. I am so unbelievably, like, I'm excited for Rakim, but I'm really excited about this right now, because I was not <laughs> expecting him to be here, and Man. he was actually really awesome. So it was, it was a great fucking show. Wow. So yeah, we did that, and then went to some museums, and then we just hung out and enjoyed our time together, and, you know, had some good drinks and good foods. So it was a, it was an amazing trip, but then, uh, Tuesday was when my flight was, and um, I specifically made a flight for, like, 8 p.m., so I could, like, kind of hang out all day, and we'd have the day together and stuff, and then my flight ended up getting delayed by an hour, so then I had an extra hour to hang out with them, so I was really, really excited about that. So once we finally got to the airport, and I got in, that's when I, like, started getting really sad, because I'm like, oh my god, like, I have, like, very, very strong feelings for this person, and I don't know when I'm gonna see him again. Like, it's, that's hard. It's really hard, because, you know, I had that job interview so I was like hoping like maybe I could move out here and then I could see him whenever I want like what a luxury to be able to see who you're dating whenever you want (laughs) wouldn't that be amazing we'll talk about that so uh, so I got to the airport I got a glass of wine and I I literally just sat in the airport just crying I felt like such a sad piece of crap I'm like why am I crying right now this is ridiculous I'm not an emotional person like I'm really not so I felt ridiculous um and then I finally got home And when I got back to St. Louis, I actually, someone threatened to murder me within the first, like, five minutes that I was back in St. Louis. And I was like, welcome back to St. Louis. This is why I don't live here. So I'm just, I'm going to digress a bit and tell you this story. Yeah, yeah. Because it was fucking intense. So, uh. She has to say. Are you pausing? So. All right. You were telling me that um, after a long pause, you were telling me about how you returned to St. Louis and was... Almost murdered. Almost murdered. (laughs) In true St. Louis fashion. Yeah, it was was terrifying. So uh, when I was... When I was gone from St. Louis, when I was in D.C., I... uh, I have a dog, so my my dog was actually with my ex-boyfriend's brother and sister-in-law, who I'm very good friends with, oddly enough. So, I, originally, I wasn't going to have them watch my dog. I was going to just board my dog while I was away. But I was hanging out with them, and they knew that I was leaving, and they're like, hey, can we please watch Sylvia? That's my dog. Like, we, we love her so much. And they, they have a dog also, so our dogs get along really well, and, like, we have regular, like, dog play dates. 
And they were like, you know, we would love to watch Sylvia. And I was like, well, you guys understand, I'm, I'm going to be gone for like five days. That's a long time to watch someone's dog. And they were like, we don't care. We want to watch your dog. We love her. Please let us watch her. I was like, okay, well, how much can I pay you? And they're like, no, you're not paying us. We're watching your dog. Just bitch, bring your dog over here. I was like, okay, okay, you can watch my dog. So when I got back to St. Louis, my flight landed around midnight and I uh, was just getting on the shuttle to go to the parking lot to get my car and then I was going to go pick up Sylvia. So uh, I get on the shuttle and, you know, it's late at night. So I'm like, I'm tired, just ready to be home. So I, I have my purse and my luggage with me and I'm just looking at my cell phone, just like catching up on emails and text messages from being on a plane and I wasn't paying attention to anything that was going on. And I was the only one on the shuttle at that point. And the driver was on the sidewalk looking for other people who may need a ride back to the, the parking lot. So um, this woman gets on. And I, I could smell her before I could see her. And she sits down. And I'm, I'm still kind of not paying attention. I'm just looking at my phone. And she says, hey, um, can, I, can I borrow your phone? And so I look up. And I see that she doesn't have any luggage, nothing. It's just her smelling terrible and looking disheveled. So I was like feeling a little weird. It's like, you know, midnight on this shuttle by myself. The driver is still outside. This woman has no luggage and is asking to borrow my phone. So I'm like, well, why, why do you need to borrow my phone? And she says, well, um, I have to, I have to call my ride. I, I just got back to St. Louis and I need to call my ride. And, you know, I know this is a shuttle going to the parking lot. Okay, already this is sounding a little sketchy, but I don't want to be a rude asshole. So, of course, I'm going to let this woman use my phone. So, I close out all my apps and I open my, like, you know, the call button up. So, it just like opens up to like the keyboard button and I hand it to her. And as I hand her my phone, I put my feet across the walkway of the shuttle because she's sitting across from me. And so, I thought if I put my, put my feet out, if she tries to take off running, I could trip her before she steals my cell phone. <laughs> so she gets on my phone, starts punching some numbers in, is making calls. And every call she makes, obviously the person doesn't answer. So she keeps hanging up and dialing new numbers in. And I'm just watching her very, you know, skeptical-like. And after hanging up a couple calls, she's on my phone and she's, like, hitting some things. And I can see the reflection of the window behind her and I see that she's no longer on the call like part of the phone she's just opening apps of mine so I see her opening my Facebook my like banking account and all this stuff and I'm seeing it pop up and I'm like thinking like fuck I don't want to be an asshole right now but like this person's opening all my apps like I don't know what she could possibly like steal from me to like steal my money or my identity whatever so it started to get pretty uncomfortable because she's much larger than I am. So if I'm going to, like, pick a fight with her, I I will lose. <laughs> like, there's no way that I would win this fight. Yeah. So I'm I, at this point, I'm just, like, waiting, trying to, like, wait for the driver of the shuttle to get back on. So then maybe he'll realize what's happening and help me out a bit. So um, the shuttle driver gets back on. It's still just me and this random woman. And he starts driving to the, the parking lot. And at this point, she's, like, not making any more calls. She's just, she's legit just on my phone now, looking at all my shit. So I, I wasn't sure what else to say. So I just kind of look up and the first thing that popped in my head was, hey, I need my phone back because I need to call my babysitter. I don't have any children. <laughs> like, at all. I have a dog. <laughs> that's it. 
So she she was like, oh, okay. And I was like, yeah, I need my phone back right now. I need to call my babysitter. So I get the phone back from her, and I just start texting my friend Kinsey, who's watching my dog. And I say, hey, I think someone's trying to steal my phone right now. Please call me immediately. So I'm just sitting there waiting for Kinsey to text me back or call me. And the woman sees me not really using my phone. I'm just, like, staring at the screen. And she was like, hey, are you done now? I need your phone back. I need to borrow it again. And so I said, well, actually, um, you know, it's very late and my, my daughter's asleep right now. So I just texted my babysitter so I wouldn't wake my daughter up and I'm waiting for her to call me back. So she knows like I'm on my way over there to pick her up. Cause I just got back into town from this business trip. She's like, oh, okay. And you know, I'm totally lying. It's obvious that I'm lying at this point, but it was a pretty good lie. Yeah, like I, anything I, like I can it. think of, it's a pretty good I like lie. It. So I'm just looking at my phone. I'm still like texting kids and like, dude, call me right now. What the fuck? What are you doing right now? Call me. And um, I hear this woman mutter under her breath, if you don't give me your phone right now, I will fucking kill you. And so I look up and I say, excuse me? What, what did you just say? And she goes, oh, no, I'm not talking to you. There's no one else on the bus. <laughs> and then around that time, the bus driver is like, all right, we're in the parking lot. Where's your car parked Parked at? And I'm like, oh, fuck. I don't want this girl to know where my car's parked yeah. at now. So I was like, oh, I'm parked at, you know, this area. So he drives us over there, and he's like, oh, ma'am, where are you parked at? Talking to the other woman. And she goes, oh, I'm just trying to get a ride to the Metrolink. He, and so he finally realizes what's happening. So he turns around and he goes, um, ma'am, this, this shuttle's not going to the Metrolink. This is for the parking lot. Do you need to get to the Metrolink? Because if so, I can help you get on another shuttle. And she's like, yeah, 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 I need another shuttle. So then finally, Kinsey calls me after I've been, like, waiting for what seems like an eternity for her to call me. But probably has been, like, actually 40 seconds. So I pick up. And I'm like, Kinsey, oh, my God, someone's trying to rob me right now. They're trying to steal my phone. So I grab my bag. I'm like, stay on the phone with me right now. I'm not going to hang up on you. So this this woman gets off the bus and she's trying to follow me to my car and the bus driver's trying to talk to her and I just take off running as fast as I can with my giant ass suitcase. I like have it like, like huffed over, over my shoulder. I'm like running to my car, like throw it in my backseat and start that car up immediately and just peel out. I was so terrified. Holy shit. So I, I finally get back to Kinsey's house to pick up my dog and like, I'm just, I'm so happy to finally be back in St. Louis and finally go get my dog and go home. And my my thought was, as soon as I get to Kinsey's house and I walk in, my dog Sylvia is going to see me and immediately just be overcome with joy that I'm there after like not seeing each other for five days. So I walk in and Sylvia sees me and just turns her head and like walks in the other room. I was like, this <laughs> fucking bitch ass dog. So Kinsey was like, you obviously need a beer after, like, that situation you just had at the airport. So we sit down and we have a beer and I smoke a cigarette. And then I'm finally like, all right, Sylvia, we're going to go home now. So I get my dog. And all the way home, she completely ignores me. I get back to my apartment. She goes inside. She completely ignores me. She ignored me for, like, three days. And then finally was like, okay, I'm not mad at you anymore. And then, like, became her normal dog self. But she was, like, legitimately pissed off at me and i'm not sure if she was pissed because i left her for so long or if she was pissed that i took her from kinsey's house where there's another dog at that she can <laughs> hang out with and was just like a having friend. the time of her life yeah, a total friend <laughs> but yeah it was it was it was pretty hilarious i mean scary but also funny then to get back and like just expect my dog to like want to see me and she's like fuck you who are you what's the- your name is are you danielle do i live with you <laughs> fuck you <laughs> 
the perfect welcome back to St. Louis. Exactly. And I actually tweeted, after I like left the airport, I tweeted, and I was like, well, yeah, been in St. Louis for five minutes, already my dog's ignoring me, and someone threatened to kill me for my cell phone. <laughs> Glad to be back. <laughs> so, okay, so earlier you mentioned Tinder. Yes. So that you, you've had it a few times and hadn't really liked it. So uh, was Tinder like the only avenue of like modern app that you used or were you like a, um, an okay Cupid match no, person? No, yeah, I've been on J-Date. Okay. Oh, J-Date? I don't even know oh, what that is. Oh, for Jewish people. Oh, it's for, I'm not Jewish. Yeah, I, you don't have to be. Well, okay. Well, Willing to convert is an option. No. Oh, I'm hardcore atheist, so I would definitely not do J-Date. <laughs> but I, I have done OkCupid and Tinder. Those those are about the only things I've actually tried. Like, um, I, I had OkCupid for, I mean, honestly, kind of the same kind of span that I've had Tinder. It's it kind of more so I'll, like, download it when I'm kind of bored at my apartment when I'm single. And I'll use it. For like, excuse me, I just burped. <laughs> I can tell. I'll, I'll use it for like a couple like days and like meet up with a couple people and then eventually I like lose track of it and then forget about it and then like a couple weeks go by and I'll realize I haven't looked at it in a while so then I'll like delete it and then that, that's kind of like the cycle. So I had it for the same amount of time that I had Tinder and I actually never met up with anyone for an OK Cupid date. This most recent time I downloaded it, mm-hmm. I mainly just met up on Tinder dates. Which I kind of prefer Tinder because I feel like, um, like on OkCupid, anyone can message you and like it gets really exhausting. But like after all, I'm just like, uh, who are these nerds sending me messages and shit? Whereas like Tinder, like only the people who you match with can message you. So like that makes it like a little easier in a way to like sift through people. There's a little bit of a gatekeeper there yeah, already like, to gate- just kind of cut down on like, it. That's, yeah, that's a really yeah. great way to put it. But at the same time, I also really dislike Tinder because I hate the fact that, um, you know, it's kind of like conditioning society to be so quickly judgmental and close-minded in a way. Because, I mean, think of how many people you've met just out and about that you've talked to that are super interesting and amazing people that potentially become lovers and or really good friends that if you just, like, saw their f- picture pop up on a Tinder, like, would you swipe left or right? Like, it's it makes you so quick to judge that you're you're not really truly getting to know someone. And I'm not saying that it's not real life, because it is real life. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. you're talking to a real person. But it's just conditioning people to be so quickly judgmental in a way that I think is so, like, disgusting in a way. And, like, I... Like, I, I'm half okay with it and half totally, like, disgusted by it. But I realize that's just, like, the state of how dating in the world is at this point. Like, it's take it or leave it. Like, that's how it is. And there's nothing we're going to do to it's change it. It's what people use. It's what days. people use. Yeah. Because, like, I, I totally, like, feel like I'm too busy to go out and, like, actually meet people. And it's not that I'm, like, I'm not super duper busy. Like, I mean, I work my regular 9 to 5. And hang on, my friends. I guess I'm more, more like too lazy and selfish to actually go out and meet people. So in that respect, Tinder does make it easier to just like I can sit at home and watch Netflix and eat pizza or whatever, and like play my banjo and like get on Tinder, and I don't have to like go out and physically like have to talk to people. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it still is like there's some part of my brain that's like not 
100% okay with it. Because, like, I realize that it's really totally fucked up in a lot of ways. But it also is, like, kind of nice in a lot of ways. Like, it, it there's, there's two sides to it. And I feel like there's certain people who use it in a terrible way. Like, they just go down there and, like, probably swipe right on every single person they see. And are just, like, hooking up with everyone and, like, being terrible, misogynistic people. Which, I mean, even swiping right on people, like, you're going to run into that. But there there are, like, really sweet people that you meet on there. Because, like, obviously I met Greg, and he's very important in my life now. And I'm, mm-hmm. like, so thankful that I met him. But I still feel like there's, like, an underlying, like, demonic, like, part of Tinder in a weird way of, like, I don't want to see the underlying beast of it. So, like, my experience with Tinder... Um was good, you know, and I agree. I totally met, like, some super cool people off of there. Um, no one that I really, like, dated for an extended period of time, though. Yeah. Um, but the thing that I ran into were, well, one, blatant racism oh, on yeah, there, totally. which is really messed up because I was actually just 100%. having this conversation last night with someone, and uh, <laughs> uh, what what we were talking about was just the fact that, like, Sometimes I would get on someone's profile and their about me or whatever bio, it would say, if you're black, swipe left. Like, wow, are you yeah, serious? Yeah. And I. That's ridiculous. I've, I've never come across that before, but I guess it must be. I Maybe women are just more disgustingly vocal about that sort of. Oh, it's crazy. Terribleness. But it's, it's wow. so, it's so mind blowing. Yeah, yeah. You got to think about where we are. But um, you think, like, um, it just brings out the worst in people yeah because like people have that like that screen to like block them from having a direct conversation with people and i i just got into an uh a discussion about this with a friend a couple days ago because i feel like when you meet someone in person you can instantly tell if you if you're going to get along or not because i mean maybe not in every instance but for the most part whenever you're first meeting someone you know, you're doing the whole charade of like, hi, my name is whatever. Like, what are you into? This is what I'm into. And instantaneously, for the most part, if you're normal human beings, you can tell like, this person is not someone I want to waste my time on. Or like, this person seems very genuine. Like, you kind of have that initial gut reaction to someone. Mm -hmm. But when you're online, that's totally taken away. And people are able to be 100% honest and their true selves even if that means that they're a disgusting, racist, piece of shit human being, since they have that, like that barrier of not actually yeah. having a direct face to face interaction with you, they can like let like all things out the window and be their true selves, which in a way is nice because then you know without having to meet them and like them being kind of like more careful about talking to you if they're gonna be a total asshole. But at the same time, it's like if if they're like Imagine they're like there's this huge group of people that don't go out and just sit at home and they only sit on their stupid Tinder profiles and say these racist or misogynistic things or ableist things. And once they get to a point where like that's what they're used to, and that becomes like their normal kind of output of communication that to a certain point then that's going to become the norm for them to where that's going to then kind of like change the way that they do become social with people face to face and that's going to like let things become more apparent and slide more instead of like showing them that like wow when you go out in public 
this is actually not how you speak and how you talk to other human beings because like okay i'm gonna go on a huge tangent now yeah like not not to say that it's better for people to be face-to-face and have these conversations and it change what they might say to people face-to-face but i feel like when people are sitting at home and they're hiding behind their screen they let their true flags fly Whereas when you're actually out there meeting people and you see how the world is, that does change your demeanor and your outlook and opinions on things. So when you're actually having conversations with people that are more deep and meaningful, you realize, wow, maybe my ideals are wrong and I should rethink things and, you know, better like evaluate myself and think about things that I truly disagree with or agree with and listen to other people's point point of views and perspectives to like have a full understanding of who I am as a person as opposed to just sitting at home and being behind a screen that you can just swipe left and then forget about it. Mm-hmm. Then you're, you're forced to not evaluate yourself and deal with inner issues because you have no one disagreeing with you because you're swiping past everyone who would potentially disagree with you. Yeah. And that like lowers your expectations and standards as a person and, and of growth in general. Totally. So when I was um, chatting with one of my female friends about Tinder, it was the first time I was with her the first time that she got on and oh, like really? set up an account. Oh, that's awesome. And yeah, so like I watched, you know, like her pick up pictures and everything. So it was super yeah. cool to see from a guy's point of view because, you know, guys, yeah, like as a man, I have one experience with tinder that's totally different than what you deal with so i it was like one o'clock in the morning on a saturday (laughs) night funny time to get on too (laughs) it was the best time because we had a few pictures of sangria at that point and we're feeling great about life so um the first thing like she just started swiping on people and literally like almost everyone she swiped on was a match oh wow and then um the messages just started rolling in. in. Yeah. yeah. But what struck me was the fact that everything was so low effort, like a low effort communication. Yeah. So it's like, hey, hi, hey. What are you doing? Yeah. What yeah, are you up it's, to? It's bullshit. Because, like, it, since, like, the communication becomes so easy at that point, it's all, all effort, just like you said, is out the window. It's like no one's actually trying to... Um, and I'm not, I'm not saying, like, trying to, like, do their, like, dance of, like, impressing someone. But I feel like when you when you lose that, like, in-person interaction, it really does lower standards to such an extent that it starts to lower standards for for challenging yourself. And, like, I, I think I'm, like, I'm a very liberal, open person. So I'm not speaking to me personally. I'm just speaking to the majority of the racist conservative assholes that live in Missouri <laughs> that we have to deal with on Tinder. Yeah. Like they're they're gonna get on Tinder, they're gonna swipe, they're gonna delete people that disagree with them, they're gonna only talk to some dumb basic bitches that mm-hmm. agree with them that wanna get married and have babies and that's it and have no branch for themselves. But I think one of the important parts of having that human interaction is being able to debate with people and learn things and learn things about yourself and about each other and change, you know, your stances on things and 
learn through debates that you have and grow as a person. And you do not have that on any sort of internet like platform, be it dating or social or otherwise, because you're just hiding behind a screen. You're you're very cowardice about it. Whereas when you're actually out there talking to people, that forces you to hit subjects head on and actually be forced to have like deeper interactions about everything. Yeah. And that's a- like that's lost in like modern day technology communication. Yeah, it's it's a very shallow way of communicating, but unfortunately like that way is becoming just the way that people talk yeah yeah and it's funny because you know like you call someone these days that you're dating and Mm -hmm. they most of the time people think you're fucking crazy yeah like like what's going on you know (laughs) and and i actually i remember i i got in a multiple year relationship with someone and we literally did not talk on the phone at all the first year that we dated we wow. only texted, like never called each other. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we both lived here in town, and and it wasn't even uh, hey, where are you? You know, like yeah. try and find each other. That hey, where are you? Would be communicate over text instead. Wow. So um, I remember it took us about a year and a half to actually like call each other. And I remember just being so stunned to hear her phone voice. voice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> because the phone voice is like, oh, my phone, and it's like weird it's and weird, stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The phone microphone makes things weird. And I was just shocked to hear it. But then it made me think, like, oh, man, we only communicate through, like, texting. Yeah. And then when we see each other in person. So I feel like, you know, a lot of... Um, people's way to learn how to interact with each other it's just kind of and like another thing just about like the lack of phone conversations or direct conversations when you're when you're texting you like you have that delay so you have time to like think about what you're gonna say and like form your response in a very eloquent and you know thoughtful manner whereas when you're hanging out with someone face to face like it, it's it's so it's immediate that it changes things 100%. So I feel like to a certain extent like long distance relate long distance relationships are um are interesting because when you when you're having a relationship like that like you're generally not talking on the phone or FaceTiming a lot. Like you you may talk on the phone or FaceTime from time to time, but primarily it's through text messages or Facebook messages or Gmail messages or whatever, mm-hmm. Instagram messages, whatever yeah. you have to be <laughs> using. And there, you put a lot of thought into it. So you're putting yourself at your best, most thoughtful person that is like a represent, representation of yourself. So like, is that really true then at that point? Because you're... Like, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's still true to, like, what you believe. Yeah, it's still coming out of your it's mouth. It's still, still coming out of your mouth. So, like, it's still, somewhat, it's still real fingers. life. Yeah. But it's different because you're able to kind of censor yourself in a way without having, like, that immediate gut reaction to, like, you know, whatever conversation you might be having, having yeah. at that point in time. Yeah. yeah, totally. Which I've never thought of before. And now that I'm having that thought, it's making me, like, kind of sad to think about all the conversations I have with Greg, like we're probably just censoring yourself nonstop. So here's my suggestion for you guys. As I told you earlier, when we paused rabbit, R a B B I T website, R a B B dot I T actually. 
fantastic website for long distance relationships because it lets you uh, stream anything. So you can even go as far as like um, as like sharing a browser, uh, an internet browser. So just like regular like surfing the web. Because I I I don't watch TV and he doesn't either. So. Like, my, my concern is, like, we, we wouldn't really be, to, be able to use that side for, like, watching movies or mm-hmm. TV shows or something. But, like, if you can, like, get on the internet together. And yeah. Talk, that's kind of cool. Yeah. You can get on the internet, share a browser. Are they your sponsor? Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Enter a code swiped for 15% off. There you go, guys. <laughs> Stamps. Stamps.com, actually, is the big sponsor. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So, like... It's great because I've I've used it in long distance relationships. Yeah. Still use it, and um, okay. it it's great because you have like that shared experience, but you can still sure. interact like you're in person. Can you use it on Spotify? You can. Oh, really? You can. Okay, that's yeah. pretty so amazing. So it's like you can do Spotify, Netflix. Um, I would love Hulu. that. Just build, like listen to some music. Yeah. and like talk. So the way that I've used it as well, I'll get on YouTube. And I'll, like, pull up music. Okay. Yeah, and I'll listen to music on YouTube, and we'll just, like, talk about it. But, you know, there's, like, the window, and then, you know, whatever. So is it live talking? Yeah, it's live. Okay. Live. That's amazing. So the funny thing is, I... I have to use the bathroom again. Oh, yeah. Okay. I will will pause it. Okay, sorry, guys. (laughs) Sorry, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Bathroom break number, like, five. But, um, so the last thing that I wanted to ask you, and it will become, like, a recurring question on all of these. Okay. Your worst date. Worst date? Oh, goodness. Ever. Okay. Let me think. Worst, like, just worst date in general. In general, yeah. Yeah. (sighs) Okay. What is the worst date I've ever had? Okay. Yeah. Okay. The worst date I ever had. It wasn't even supposed to be a date. (laughs) But it ended up being that bad. So I was dating this guy. I will not say his name because I don't want to embarrass him in case he might be listening to this. He's probably not going to ever listen to this, but I still... (laughs) It's not Mike. I don't even know Mike. (laughs) So I I was dating this guy. I was moving into this apartment in U City, and um, I was dating this guy that I met on OkCupid, actually. And we had... he He was a professor at a local university he taught um philosophy and he's also in a band he played guitar he's really interesting very fun but um when we started dating i didn't realize like how weird he was at first and like i'm also very weird but then the more we dated i realized that he was way more weird than i was and then i was like yeah i'm not i'm not gonna like lower my cool standards anymore because i realized like i'm too cool for this dude so uh I I had invited him over to my new apartment, and he actually helped me paint my apartment. <laughs> and then we like drink beer and listen to music, and it was it was a fun time. Like dating him was actually really fun. But um, he started to get a little too pushy, and I was hanging out with my new neighbor who I just met, and we were um, getting drinks at this bar in U City, and we were playing darts. And this guy called me, and he was like, "Hey, can we hang out tonight?" I was like, no, we can't hang out because I'm busy. Like, I'm hanging out with my neighbor, and I'm becoming friends with her, and I, I don't really want to see you. Because at this point, I was, like, kind of trying to, like, break up with him. So, um, he was like, really, can I just come meet up with you guys for one drink? I was like, okay, fine. Like, you can come for one fucking drink. 
And I was getting really annoyed with him at this point. So, uh, How he, long had you guys been dating at that point? Uh, like three weeks. Like not oh, that long okay, at all. Okay. So he shows up and all of his weird work started coming out at that point then. Like, cause I'm with my friends and he's like, starts, starts being really weird and trying to like, you know, have like one-on-one things like conversations with me when I'm like hanging out with my buddies and like, didn't even invite him there to begin with. He just kind of invited himself and I more so like pity agreed to it. So I was feeling very uncomfortable with him being there. So we're like leaving and I was going to ride back with my neighbor cause we like lived in the same building and he was like, oh, can I please drive you back home? And I was like, no, I really don't want you to drive me back home. Like, I don't, I didn't even want to hang out with you. Like, no. He's like, oh, please. I was like, okay, fine. You can drive me home. So as we're walking to his car, I'm walking behind him. And like, I don't mean to be completely rude. But at that point, I realized that he had like a really bad limp. And I'm not sure why he had this limp. <laughs> But he started limping, and I was just like, what? It took you three weeks to... Yeah, it took me a long time to realize. So he's, wow. like, limping to his car, and I was like, what did you do? And he's like, oh, like, I just have a limp. I was like, okay, that's fine. So we get in his car, and then he's like, oh, hey, um, I want you to listen to this this song I made today with my band. Like, we just finished mixing it. So he starts playing this song for me, and it's the worst song I've ever heard in my entire fucking life. It's like... It's like they were trying way too hard to be, like, Slayer or something. Mm-hmm. But it's just, like, some white dudes who live in Ladue and they're terrible. Wow. And I was just, like, I couldn't handle it. I was like, you need to, can I just drive me home, please, right now. Right now. So he finally drove me home. And I never talked to him again. But then I had my second worst date. Very soon after, like a couple days after so that day. So, question before you yeah. get on to that one: Did did he contact you again after that night? Was Multiple that times, and I was just like, "Yeah, I can't. no." What was he saying? He was like, "Oh, I'm not sure what I did. Like, I thought we were hitting it off so well. I'm like, well, no, we weren't hitting it off so well. We dated for like a couple of weeks, which means we hung out like once or twice, maybe a week for the past three weeks. So we didn't even hang out that much. Like, I'm not interested." So he ended up getting a job teaching philosophy in China. And so he, like, went out of the country, wow. which, like, worked out perfectly for me because I didn't have to see him again. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, clean, quick cut. Nice. Like, his, his parents lived here, but he, yeah, he's he's gone now. And I think he teaches, like, Mizzou or something now. So he's, he's totally gone. But uh, very soon after that, I... Apparently, I have a thing for professors because then I went on another date with a professor that I also met at OkCupid. Okay <laughs> His name was Scott, and I don't even care if I'm going to embarrass him because he was so weird. So um, we're calling you out. Yeah, Scott. we're calling you out, Scott. You were so fucking weird. So we met for a drink at this bar um, in Central West End, kind of outskirts Central West End, called this. Um, wait, what is that bar? There's Scottish Arms. Okay. Isn't that over there? Yeah. Okay, so we met the Scottish Arms. He lived in the loft across the street from there. So we met there. And he seemed like he was going to be very pretentious. But I'm kind of pretentious. So I was like, you know what? I can handle a little asshole. Like, whatever. I'm an asshole. We'll be fine. And, like, we had similar movie and music taste. So I thought that, like, we'd at least have an interesting conversation. So we meet up. And he is a very loud talker. And there is hardly anyone at this restaurant at the point in time we were there. But everyone who was there could hear everything we were talking about because he was so fucking loud. 
And, you know, if I'm on a date with someone I am that I met on the internet, I'm not, like, blasting it to everyone to hear. But, so, you know, he and I sit down. He's like, so, so interesting that we met on OkCupid, huh? I'm like, dude, can you keep your fucking voice down? Like, I don't need everyone or their mother to know that we met on OkCupid. Like, this is embarrassing right now. You're, like, just, like, might as well get, like, a fucking, you know, megaphone, megaphone and just, like, tell everyone our, like, whole story so i'm like already getting embarrassed and so i was like oh so why did you want to come to this bar in particular he was like oh because i live across the street i'm like oh that's easy for you like why why is this your bar and he's like well because i don't drive so like, well why don't you drive he's like well because i have uh seizures so i can't drive and i was like oh wow that's pretty serious like i'm sorry to hear that I'm like, so do you, like, ride a bike or anything? He's like, no, I don't know how to ride a bike. I'm like, well, what kind of person doesn't know how to ride a bike? You should learn how to ride a bike. And he's like, no, I'm scared of bikes. I'm like, what? So, like, he's just digging himself a hole at this point. Like, I drive a car and I drive, like, ride bikes. So, like, number one, you can't drive, which is not your fault because you have seizures. But also, if you have seizures, you shouldn't be drinking because that makes it worse. And he's, like, drinking heavily. So, I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. But you don't want to ride a bike because you're scared of bikes? Like, they're not scary. Like, what kind of weird childhood trauma did you have that made you scared of bikes? So he, the more he drinks, the more embarrassing he gets. And is just, like, being ridiculous. So I'm, like, ready to go home at this point. And so I'm like, okay, well, you know, nice meeting you. I'm going to, like, leave now. He's like, well, um, would you mind walking to Walgreens with me to buy some orange juice? I was like, what? He's like, yeah, I don't want to walk by myself. I'm kind of scared. I'm new to St. Louis. I'm scared of the city. Like, really, you live in the Central West End, bitch. You're scared of the city. You live in the most white part of the city in the fucking world. Like, give me a fucking break. Mm. Like, don't even. So, I'm like, I'll drive you to Walgreens so you can get some fucking orange juice and I'll drive you back off of your fucking apartment in the Central West End. So, I do that. And... At that point, I was just going to leave and go get drinks with my friends at Manja then. And he's like, wait, no, we can keep hanging out. I'm like, well, I'm going to Manja. I'm going to drink some more. He's like, well, I'll go to Manja. I'm like, okay, I guess you can go to Manja, but I'm not going to drive you back. Like, you need to take a taxi or, like, Uber or something. So we get to Manja, and I'm, like, pretty much completely ignoring him at this point. And he's just, like, drinking a whole bunch and at this point, like, falling off his chair. But then I start to get worried he's going to have a seizure. You know, he just <laughs> told me that he's, like, has seizures. Yeah. So I, like, driving back to his apartment, and it was terrible, and I never talked to him again. But that was, like, the worst second day that I had very soon after the first worst second or so first day. It, the next day, if I were you, I would have, like, deactivated OkCupid. Yeah, I did. Oh, yeah. I did. And actually, I found him on uh, on Facebook, too, because I was, like, wanted to, like, make sure I, we didn't have, like, mutual friends or anything. And we totally don't. I don't even know if he lives here anymore, but he was so fucking weird, like... I mean, he's one of those guys that were like, we're sitting in the bar and he like has his arms up on the chair and is like leaning back as he's talking so that everyone can hear what he's saying. Yeah, like he like had to be like the center of the room. See. Yeah. Such a pretentious, racist piece of, piece of shit, like white flossy professor asshole. Fuck you, Scott, if you're listening right now. You were <laughs> fucking terrible. <laughs> Ugh. Oh my. Well, thanks for sharing. 
Thanks so much for chatting. Yeah. yeah fun days. conversation. Yeah. I but will... hey, Greg is great, and I'm very happy with him. Yes. I, I am a fan of Greg as well. Greg is, yes. he's lovely. So. He'll be back here soon. He's coming Labor Day weekend, so we'll podcast again and talk we about it. We can update. Yeah, you we can know, update. He Maybe can become... he can talk with us. Yeah. Oh, I think He's going to be here for like four days. I think that would be fantastic. I think he might, he might be into it. Yeah. We'll have and some drinks and yeah. talk. Oh, we could, we could, we could make that happen. Yeah. So, you could become the first returning podcast guest. Okay. I like that. That would so, be fun. We'll, we'll actually drop some ads in at the as I thought it's one Perfect. more uh, um, um what is that? Stamps.com and who's Stamps.com that? Oh, and um oh gosh, what was it? Rabbit. Oh rabbit, excuse me, yes. R A B B dot I T. Enter the code word. Swipe at checkout to save fifteen percent. Yeah. Connect with your love while, you know, bonding over whatever you might want to stream. Hashtag Rabbit. So you could do uh, Netflix and chill from a distance. Exactly. Boom. I think we just wrote, like, some ads for we like, did. some new content. Well, I, I have one more plug there. Yeah. Um, so this is also sponsored by Scarlet's Wine Bar. Hashtag Scarlet Swiped. Go there. Get half off your bottle of wine. <laughs> I just went there on Friday night. Actually. It's a great place. That's where I just recorded my previous podcast oh, when really? I met my Uber rider and random friend for the first time. So, yeah, that you heard it, guys. Hashtag Scarlet Swiped, 50% off your bottle of wine. Wow. Enjoy. Yeah. Tell them Nick sent you. <laughs> yes, Nick. Nick. Well, thanks for listening. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. This has been great. Yes, it has. Sorry, been. I talk a lot. This is where we. Drop Your bidet in. is amazing. Yeah, also. we drop in the uh, the outro music. Actually. Yeah. So. We're going with the slow fade. Actually. <laughs> okay. <laughs>